Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Winner one-on-one against Schofield. Puopolo got a high tackle. Back to Hodge. That's a goal, I think. It is. Hodge has done it from nowhere. He have done it. The first team in the 18-team competition to go back to back to back they're three pieces Collingwood by a point Lockyer brings it in Ryder sandwich between two pies back of the Packers Winderlich quick handball to Hocking back to Lovett Murray he goes short it's a mark to Zaharakis Zaharakis has kicked the goal the Bombers are in front of the G you are now listening to the Molten Fantasy Sports Podcast Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time you may be listening to us. This is the Molten Fantasy Sport Podcast. I'm your host, the Super Coach Hawk, Rob Kennedy, sitting here with my friend, Mickey Dell, the big horse. How are you? Robbie, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, the big horse scored better this week, but I've still got a long way to go, Robbie. How are you, mate? I'm good. It's it, mate. It's one week at a time now. I've jumped up 22 spots in our Molten Fantasy League group. Code is there two three seven one one three. We've got a bit of a different way in which people can be listening and watching today, which is interesting because we have a bit of a slideshow to show everyone. We've got a bit to talk to mm. because this is a huge week. This is price change week, so we've got a lot of research done and we've got a lot of information to pass every, yeah. on to everybody. So if you're watching us on YouTube, you'll get to follow along with the slideshow that we put up, which we will put all over Twitter as well. Um, to those listening on our podcast, don't worry. We will speak to every slide. It won't be presentation 101, which is not normally talk to the slide. It's uh, We will be reading it word for word that what is mm. on there. I'm excited for it though, but I am nervous because I do feel this is one of the biggest weeks in decision-making. And how good's proof in the pudding with uh, the content we're putting out? Our mate Dwayne Delmonico winning the squeeze of the week with a huge score yeah. of 2,417, which I think was top 350 this week. 
Yeah, it was definitely right up there. Well done to Dwayne. Mm. I could see as well. He made a few. He made a few tweaks from round one, which were some big moves, um, and put him right up there. There's no doubt we'll be talking a lot about it today. About yeah. clearly the safe option or the high percentage owned players was the right move this year. We know a lot of people who openly admit they're not huge knowers and players of the game. I think even the guy who came out on Twitter recently and said his brother was the one who won the highest score of this week, has never played super coach in his life. Um, and as you saw, this the team that got uh, the top score this week was a pretty pretty straight, pretty standard team. And I think it was the sort of captain selection of uh, he put the VC on Nick Dacos, which was the, the slight difference, I think, between him and a few mm-hmm. others. But we're going to have to show people how to build their team or is it maybe take a few more risks if you've risked to start with. But we've got all the information for them. Uh, but before we get into that and before we get into the presentation, we do have a little bit of an ad from our sponsors at Stat Fitness in Epson and Bendigo. Are you looking to make good on that New Year's resolution? Finding it hard to get into the gym due to not having anyone to look after the kids? Head on in and see Mark, Emma and the team at Snap Fitness Bendigo and Epsom for all your fitness needs. Both Epsom and Bendigo locations offer free child mining, which gives you the chance to head on in, get a workout done without worrying about the kids. All staff have working with children's checks and are super helpful with whatever your children need. Snap Fitness also offers a wide variety of classes such as strength and reformer Pilates, Tabata, strength classes, as well as one-on-one PT sessions. So head on in and say good day to the guys at either gym and tell them the Molten Boys sent you. Absolutely head on in and tell them that we've sent you. And we thank our sponsors. This doesn't happen without our sponsors, Snap Fitness, Epson and Bendigo, the standard squeeze as well. And we'll be talking more about them throughout the episode as we get along. But I think it's time that we dive in, mate, and start this presentation. Um so let's kick into it. So those that are watching along, they should be able to see the screen. Those who are listening to us, we'll talk you through it. It is trade prep for price change round. So where we're going to start is talking about the best break-evens. So I thought the easiest way for us to start, mate, would be talking about the best break-evens. So I've got there the list of the top 11, most of them, of course, being those rookies or rookie price players. So... Let's just go through the top 11 there really quickly and then we can talk to the notes that we've put over there on the side about who are those ones that you could comfortably put on your field, some of those in there that you may just go and pick for cash. And I believe there's one trap in there and one trap that's still getting picked up by a few people. But we start at the top um, and look, guys, there's going to be, guys and girls, there's going to be a few names that we do double up with words here that are going to pop up regularly on a few of these slides that we talk about today, but that's Okay because we'll make sure that information gets across to you. So sitting right at the top with a break-even of minus 116. And if you don't have him in by now, you didn't take enough risk or chances in the second round. But Harry Sheasel, uh, Mr. Cheezel himself, has just been phenomenal. Is there much to say about him, mate? No. No, he's unbelievable. And my favourite at the moment for the uh, Rookie of the Year or the Rising Star. It's a very good shout very good shout. Um, so we'll go down this list pretty quickly because we do have a bit of content to get through. And I think the last slide is the one that we probably have the most to talk about. So a lot of the rookies to kick things off. Sheasel, Chandler is at minus 94. Connor McKenna is sitting at minus 76. Ruben Gimby is sitting at minus 64. Now, number five on the list, I want to bring this guy up to you. Jack Buckley sitting at minus 59 on an average of 88 scoring a 99 in the previous round. So obviously his first round score would have been around 77 if I've done my math quite quickly. Have you seen him play? What's your what's your knowledge on Jack Buckley? 
Yep, spot on. Haven't seen him play. He had a score of 76 first round. 11 touches, five marks, three tackles. So that's awfully efficient for someone with 11 touches to their name. Going into round two, he was one of the um, more prominent scorers for GWS, believe it or not. He was a fourth highest scorer, scored 99, 21 touches, five marks, two tackles. I'm going to have to watch some tape on him and get back to us on the next podcast, which we'll release tomorrow night. But it almost looks as though he might be playing a uh, half-back role, which is, um, yeah, it's a bit concerning for my boy coming. Yeah, well, there's been a lot of talk that Cumming definitely isn't playing the role that he used to play. Um, yeah. I think he's sitting on my squeeze out list at the moment, especially where his average is at and his break even at the same time. Mate, I watched this game. Now, I know I was very, very clued into the Cornelio versus Tom Green battle as I had a tight matchup yeah. with uh, a head-to-head. Um, so, But to be honest, I didn't hear his name much. The one that stood out to me was that Hamilton, who had the, the bleach blonde hair, um, looked a lot like, um, what's his name, from Collingwood. Um, and scored an 81 as well. Yeah, he he was actually quite impressive. But he was the first gamer, so he's on my watch list for next week. But at 205K, Jack Buckley sitting with a minus 59 break even. Somebody might be looking to bank up their uh, defenders. I tend to think people won't touch him um, because defenders are people that they've been pretty comfortable with their rookies in their rookie selections. We go down the list. um, Noah Long sitting at minus 59. Charlie Constable at minus 53. Um, The highest sort of mid-range price person that's now in there is Will Setterfield, which we're going to talk a lot about in this in this podcast, sitting at minus 49 with a nice average of 123, especially off the back of his 147 in his second round. Uh, Darcy Wilmont is minus 49. Uh, Anthony uh, Community is minus 49. And Dane Rampey sitting with a minus 45 off the back of his monster first round score, but only following that up with an 82 in his second round. Now, there's a bit to digest there. Now, everyone who's watching along on YouTube, those highlighted names are the ones that are in my list. So you've got my list and my screenshots there so you can see the team. So I'm feeling pretty good about a lot of the players I have in this top 11 list. Um, I've got some notes there on the right side. So what I've got there is on field. So players out of this 11 that I feel you could actually comfortably keep on your field for a while and that if you don't have them, you should be looking to probably get them in. Um, on that list is Setterfield, Sheasel, Buckley, McKenna, Chandler, and Jinby, who all average 81 and above. Sheasel and Setterfield obviously sitting very comfortable at 111, 123. Um, What's your thoughts on those? Who do you have? Who don't you have? And are you looking to get any of those in? Yep. So I'm bringing in Setterfield this week. On earlier podcasts, I spoke pretty highly about how Setterfield's one of the only three Essendon players that I've touched this year. And... I'm going with my heart on this one. I think that after watching the first two rounds and watching his work inside, <clears throat> he's exactly what Essendon need in regards to that bigger body on baller. He knows how to accumulate possessions. He's getting a lot of contested possessions. His role is very super coach friendly. And, um, yeah, he's in for me this week. She's so, you all... didn't end up, so you didn't end up having him round one? I didn't. I... Did, you go hopper? Did you go hopper or what? No, I didn't. No, we'll have, we'll have to digest your team. I know you've got uh, we've got Trent Evans coming on, I think, tomorrow, who's sitting third on our list at the moment. So maybe you guys might be able to di- yeah. divulge into yeah. your team and his team a little bit more. But sorry, mate, keep going. You're right. The only one out of those ones that I wouldn't touch, barring Buckley, because I, I don't know much about him, would be Chandler from Melbourne. 
The reason why I say that is because you've got Cozzy Pickett coming back in two weeks. You've had Fritch come back first round last week. Um, you've got uh, the likes of May to come back, Gorn to come back in a few weeks' time. Um, Viney, first round last week, had a few more ins last week. Their list is quite deep. He scored 40 points, I believe it was, in the first quarter and still only ended up on, what was it, 70-something maybe? What was it? Or oh, 80? 70, 71. 71. 71. So in the last three quarters, he scored 30. So I'm not so sold on his role at Melbourne, given their uh, ins to come in. Although I'm just reading here now that Stephen May got done drink driving today over here in Melbourne. So he might be out for a little bit longer. What a waste of talent that man is. Such a talent. Such a talent. Uh, oh, um, <laughs> we want to move on to the just for cash. Yeah, I so have, just for cash, uh, yeah. we better read it out to those that are listening on at home. So the players that I thought just for cash, and, and people have to look at their list. Sometimes you might have to make a move just to make some cash, and these guys are obviously going to have the biggest okay. jump. So Constable, Wilmont, Community, and Long, um, and that's Noah Long, not Ben Long. Um, the reason I've put them in there, I don't think their scores are enough at the moment or averages are showing enough to be an on-field type player. You'd be literally yeah. just bringing him in for a bit of a, a bit of a cash charge. Yeah, I'm hoping Constable cleans up his disposal a bit because he does get a lot of it. Uh, Wilmot, I'm pretty happy with at the moment. He does a lot of running on the wing. I took particular interest in watching him against Melbourne the other night and he covers a lot of ground. Uh, It won't be long before he starts turning those 60s into 80s and pluses. Uh, Community, I was low-key pretty impressed with. Like his work rate up the ground was really, really good. Like he just he's long and gangly and you can tell he's still young, but... He's um I've had him in from the start. And I was speaking to someone tonight who his name is Steve O'Brien. Hopefully we'll get him on the show at a later stage, but he's finished in the top two thousand ten years in a row. So he's all about making money where there's money to be made. And his words were the easiest money you'll make is the first hundred thousand off someone. And if the hundred thousand off community is after or going from 102K to 202K, and he keeps scoring around this 50, 60, 70 area, he could make you 200, 250K in no time. And Noah Long, he's that Bendigo product that we spoke about. Uh, I had a little look at his game, and I don't mind him, Rob. You brought him up Mm. earlier in an Mm. earlier podcast, and he looks fairly settled, I reckon, in the West Coast side. I reckon he's a bit of a lock moving forward with, um, with what West Coast are trying to do. And with his bargain price basement uh, basement price and his uh, ability to go mid and forward, you know, there's money to be made and you can move him either way if you need to bring people onto the ground. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more with everything you said there. I think community is one of those ones that people should actually be looking in for just a really quick cash grab. Um, and he could get that cash very quickly the way that he's playing. They're comfortable with the role that he's playing at the moment, and he's providing the goods. So I see him getting more game time. Definitely hear your hesitations with Chandler at the moment. Couldn't couldn't agree more. Um, mm. Again, though, with such a, such a small break even, again, yeah. there's a chance to really jump that cash up for you. But yeah. And the last one there, before we don't dwell into this too much, is Dane Rampey. Yes, he's got 116 average. He's a minus 45, but he's still a trap for me. I think at best he just continues to get sort of the 82s. 
um, that kind of area. Might have a one-off jump-up game or things like that, but he's not somebody you want to bring in at that price. I could be wrong. Sydney could be playing a completely different game plan, but that's my opinion. No, I'd look at some scores tonight with um, Sydney's back line and with with him there, with Blakey, he scored 120. Jake Lloyd, 100 and something on the weekend as well against a pretty ordinary Hawthorne side. That's not going to happen each week. So if you're looking at people to get the um, the ball in the hands of in the Sydney back line, your first choice is a toss-up between Lloyd and Blakey. So I think, yeah, Rampy's third, fourth in that order or picking order anyway. Beautiful. The next slide we push on is best price change. So not always is it um, lowest break even equals best price change. You normally get a few different names that pop in here. And you can see in this list, this is why I decided to pop it in there. You do get a few different names in here. So we'll go down the list. Obviously, with such a huge numbers that he's putting up. Sheasel's still at the top there with a struggling to read my own price change. Sort of looking at that 83K mark. Uh, Brennan Cox is next on the list in the 63s. Connor McKenna, 62. Will Setterfield, 62. Dane Rampey, 62. Cade Chandler, see 59K in one week if he puts up the average that he's sort of putting up. Uh, mm-hmm. Ruben Jinby's at 52. Buckley's at 51. Then LDU is the massive one who's going to pop up as well. He's probably that first primo price player that comes into this list. Um, and we'll talk about his numbers. So he's looking about a 48K jump. Uh, Luke Ryan is the other primo at 46K jump. And then Jack Zebel with his role down in the forward line, which could DPP to a forward back anytime soon as well, is a big jump for 46K. Mm. For me, from that list, I've put it down as locks, choices, and trap. Now, Rampy's the only one sitting in my trap still. I really don't mean to disrespect him. He's, I've, I think he's any team would want him as a player in their back line. Remember, we're just talking about super coach here. The guy can play tall, can play small, can do anything. But the locks for me in this list are LDU. He's just playing unbelievable football at the moment. Shout out to, to Justin. That was all over him when we first started talking about this podcast. There might have been an element there of being a Ruse fan, but he still knows what he's talking about and, and said nothing but good things about him, and he was right. Yeah. Uh, Setterfield, you've talked about him. I'm still surprised you didn't put him in your first round because you talked me into him, taking him over Hopper. He's just been an absolute weapon. Love the role that he's playing. Sheasel has to be a lock. Everyone must get him into their team. Uh, McKenna, Chandler, and Gimby, the lock word. I still agree with what you're saying with Chandler, but for me, the lock is that his price will go up. And I think yeah, he's still sure. got at least two or three or four more rounds in him before we'll mm-hmm. start to understand what Melbourne's going to look like. Yeah. Then we'll go to you on this one, mate. So I've got four players, therefore, then are in the choices column. So Luke Ryan... And I've put there Brennan Cox next to him as well. So Luke Ryan, Brennan Cox, conversation, Zeebel and Buckley. Now, we've talked a little bit about Buckley in the last one, but what's your thoughts on the first three? Where do they sit with you? Luke Ryan, Brennan Cox and Jack Zeebel. I'm probably most impressed by Brennan Cox at the moment. His intercept work has been brilliant with Fremantle. And it's being over here in Victoria, you don't hear much about the Fremantle players and when you do, it's normally, you know, your Nate Fifes or these sorts of players, Angus Brayshaw, the guys that sort of stand out a little bit. You hear nothing about this guy, but after you speaking about him last week and your your Frio contact that you have speaking highly of how his intercept work and how he's a bit of a POD for him, watched him pretty closely and he reads the ball so well. 
Like mm. I wouldn't be surprised if he hovers around the the 550k, and he's a keeper in the back line for the year ahead. So Ryan, yeah, he's a, he's a known scorer. We know that. Zebul looks as though he's back to his old tricks in the back line with North Melbourne. I'm a bit, I'm not sure with Hall supposedly being named this weekend. He had 20-something touches in the twos last week. And if he gets picked, that's going to shine me away from Zebul. So out of all those three, the big one that appeals to me is Brennan Cox at the moment. Yeah, it's a good shout. I agree. The the Zebul effect... I think at his price, I'm really tempted to bring him in and it really fills out my forward line at the moment. Um, and then with that DPP, I've got a, I can either Sheasel or Zebel. I'll only do one or the other. But a lot of people talking about moving both. I'm like, I don't think there's actually that many forwards to be picking to have that many in there. But I think I'll yeah. definitely move one to round six. And that's what's appealing for me for the Zebel effect. Um, but I am, I am wary of what will happen with Hall and, and when he comes back. They both like yeah, a bit yeah. of junk footy. My, my fear with that is that you've got Hall, you'll have Zebul, and then you've got Luke McDonald as well, who all love a cheap kick. Mm. There's not enough footy in a North Melbourne side to go around three players like that. So I really, yeah. I really agree with our mates who go for North Melbourne. I really don't think Hall should be in the team. I don't, I don't think I don't, so. Either. I, don't, I, I really yeah. don't believe he's the player they need in their team. I was watching their back line. It's a solid back line. I was watching Fremantle versus North Melbourne live. Um, why I think, if anything, you lower uh Sheasel's development by bringing him in. I think Sheasel mm-hmm. and uh Zebel are working quite well down there together while the others do their role. The Luke McDonald's, you've got Mackay to come back to that back line, um, as well. So, I, I, I don't know where he fits into that team unless it's just a yeah. super sub who comes on at the end as a wing and just racks up a lot of footy. I, I yeah, I, I reckon they should steer clear of him, to be totally honest. I, I agree. But from a super coach point of view, hopefully yeah. he doesn't affect yeah. those players. Yeah. yeah. We always get lost in the conversation between the two worlds, the actual football world and the super mm-hmm. coach world. And it's probably why it's probably why a lot of people ragged us out of it for the Z-ball call and, and a few people wanted to bring him in. And I think we talked them out of it. But uh, look, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. That's, that's right. Uh, so on this slide, I've moved on to the next one. So I decided to put these two together because similar names pop up, plus a lot of names that aren't also too common as well, like as in not full ownership. So worst break-evens and worst price changes I've put on the same slide. Really quick through the work break-evens. Uh, Max Gorn, Rory Laird, they're both above 200. Huma Cluggage is above 200. Harry Perriman is 199. Uh, Travis Boak, 193, only played one game. Witherden, uh, Harry Himmelberg, Lockie Neal sitting there at 188, Sean Darcy at 182, Bailey Dale at 179, and then you've got the two Dockers in Brody and Andrew Brayshaw, 173. So some really high break-even scores there. Um, and how that reflects across to the price changes, um, Himmelberg sits at the top with McCluggage, Witherden, Stasevich, Fiorini, Lockie O'Brien, Max Gorn, Dyson Heppel, Sean Darcy, Sam Berry, Rory Laird, and Devin Robinson. And I don't mean to rush through that too quickly, but there's only a few names on there that I know have any decent sort of price or sorry, ownership from, from coaches. So there's no point going into it too much. I think it's more to the point of the notes that I've put in this one. So I've broken it down to a possible hold or time to go. And we will move further into this discussion as we go. But 
My possible holds on this list are Rory Laird, especially off the back of his 147. Look, I know that he's priced to possibly drop 41K. We talked about it this start. I wasn't picking him for him to hold his cash. I was picking him for getting me some big scores and giving me That's some right. comfort as a captain. Now he had one really bad game to start the season, but he started to show us what he could do in round two. So for me, he's a hold. The Neil at 98 is an interesting one. And I know for a fact Trent Evans has Neil, and I'm really intrigued to see his thoughts on what he's going to do with Lockie Neil. You pick primos for a reason, but sometimes you also have to take a bit of a chance. He's only averaging 98 at the moment. That's right. Uh, Sean Darcy, but you have to look at his upcoming matches. I'm, I'll leave that one for you because I know you've brought that one up. And Brayshaw mm-hmm. sort of found his way a little bit with yeah. 106 last week. And especially in that last quarter, Fremantle started to play the football that they should be playing. Time to go. Max Gorn, obvious one, injured. McCluggage was one that's sort of flown under the radar for me on how low he was scoring. I, I, he's had a terrible first couple of games, only averaging 62 um, Bailey Dale, I'm going to have to pull the pin. I don't know what's going down in the kennel at the moment, but I just don't see him playing the role that he always played. Look, they may flip it on their lid this week, but at that cash with someone like a Nick Dacos that I don't have in my team, it's an obvious move for me. Um, and, mate, credit where credit's due. You told everyone to steer clear of the Witherdens and the Himmelbergs, and you were right. They're right at the top of that list of players who are dropping in mm-hmm. price and massive break-evens. Sorry, that was a lot of me talking. Where are your thoughts there? That's okay. No, I'm I'm glad that I guess there's there's proof in the pudding with the research that we put in with Will, Witherton and Himmelberg. Um, they were two of the three that we we put up straight away, weren't they? Himmelberg does not score as a forward, and Witherton's just is shit. There's no other way to put it. He he shouldn't be playing AFL footy. Like he just he cannot score. Like he just he doesn't know how to play defensively. So. If you're listening, mate, this podcast is getting more and more views every week, mate. So, and I've had, I'm not going to name names, but I've had a few blue tick celebrities come and join us and follow us on Twitter and give him a couple of shout outs. Yeah. He's not, he's not shit. He's playing AFL football, but you're disappointed in his score at the moment. (laughs) Uh, If I say disappointment, that's uh, (laughs) speaking pretty lightly of it. Bailey Dale, I'm the same as you, mate. I was hoping that he would uh, continue his role, not even a breakout, just continue his role of being that sweeping backman that um, he's been with the, with the Bulldogs for the last couple of years. He hasn't. He looks lost. He's out. So I'm bringing Dacos in for him. McCluggage, Dunkley, one word, it's messed it on him. It's forcing him to play a different role now. Gorn, I hate to see it because he's one of the most likable blokes in the AFL. And you know what? I'm hoping he comes back, he scores some low scores, and then I can upgrade to him later down the track. With your possible holds, you've got two blokes in there that I'm going to target to bring into my midfield later in the year. Brayshaw and Neil. That was always the plan. I didn't think they'd score that well. Uh, And you can add another one to that list, but he hasn't played yet. Sam Walsh, we've said this earlier. I believe all of them are going to come down to the mid-550K area, which is where I hope to be able to swoop them up and hold on to them for the rest of the year. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. 
Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. That's no, a good shout. It's a really good shout. Yeah. Um, yeah, not too much. Not too much more we can say there. We'll move on to the next one. Names, names. Yeah, I'll, say, up. I'll say one more. Yeah, go. Um, if Travis Boat plays as the sub again and scores another low score, and then uh, gets put into the starting twenty-two and scores his hundred, and he drops down to around 500, 480k, he might be worth a shout too. He always scores well. I reckon you need to watch Port Adelaide very closely for the next couple of weeks because mm-hmm. I tend to think he might get DPP mid-forward come round yeah. six. Yeah. But you've got to trust that he's actually going to start to pick his scores up. So, yeah, he's definitely on my watch list. Um, yeah. I can't see him being the sub again, I reckon, especially after their loss. I think it was a, a one game to get him in. And I think coaches are using that as the way to get them some minutes without sending him to the sample or VFL or wherever team it needs to be. They'll start using that sub. Uh, we saw it the other way with uh, Brisbane um, playing Zorko and then made him the sub. And what a game that was by Zorko as well, by the way. But, uh, yeah. yeah, it will be uh, – Travis Boak is definitely one to watch. That'll be probably – probably next week's episode will be a big one for us to watch and pull out all yeah. those one-gamers. So I've done a bit of research already on the one-gamers. We didn't go into it too much because there's too many names to mention this one. Yeah. But for next yeah. week, the one-gamers and who to watch will be massive. And – that's what I love about Supercoach. You've got to start looking at that. You've got to make sure you're tracking the rookies that have played their second game and what they're going to do and when do you make that move. Very different to fantasy where you sort of have to just go, oh, they're in for a debut. Oh, let's have a crack at them and see what happens and because their yeah. price changes straight away. So, yeah, it's a good mm-hmm. point. So really simple slide just to show everybody most traded in and most traded out. How relevant is it right now on a on – a, um, well, where I've – made this on a Tuesday, but we'll be dropping on a Wednesday. Look, you take it for what it is at the moment, people getting in. I don't know if the names will change too much, but maybe the percentages will. Most traded in, Setterfield, Davies Uniac, Nick Dacos. I think it speaks for himself, those three. Uh, Kate Chandler, Darcy Cameron are two, someone we're going to heavily talk about on the next slide or is mm-hmm. in the next couple of slides of, of what he's doing. And I'm intrigued to see your point of him moving forward. Uh, Zebel, Tim English, Harry Sheasel. Now, Harry Sheasel's percentage is probably pretty low there because he's in so many teams already. Uh, mm-hmm. Connor McKenna and the one that you just mentioned, Brennan Cox, which I think people are making that call, especially with that 100K less than Luke Ryan. They go on the, the other direction. Um, most traded out, Nat Five, even though he's only played one game. Uh, Campbell Chesser, which is an interesting one with the DPP, but I think people are trying to just get the right rookie in for the right price and he doesn't have the biggest break even or the best break even, I should say. Max Gorn, Sam Flanders' experience didn't work too well for people. Sean Darcy, Jack Steele obviously injured. Tanner Bruin, I'm one that that didn't work too well for, so are you. Sam Doherty is a very interesting one and and talking point for us, which is you pick your primos for a reason, but 
Be careful just chasing the cash, everybody. Cash isn't as important as point scoring as we go forward. Rory Laird, a perfect example of that. Finn Callahan and Asava Radagalia. Mm-hmm. What what stands out to I'm going to assume the ins don't really do much for you. They're pretty self-explanatory. Yeah, Is anyone yeah. jumping out at you or anything on the outs, mate? Or anything why, you want to talk about that side. Why is Sean Darcy in nearly 5% of teams traded out when they play West Coast this week that do not have a Ruckman? They've so got he's, Bailey. Yeah, you mean 5% of total trades? 5% yeah. of total trades is Sean Darcy. Why, yeah. Like they've got Bailey Williams, who's three foot bugger all. He's, he's not a Ruckman, and they've got no real backup Ruckman. And I understand that he's been sharing time with Jackson, but after watching last weekend, I think you're of the same opinion. That experiment's going to end pretty quickly with Jackson. And Sean Darcy is going to have an absolute field day this weekend. It's the cash, it's the cash versus points challenge for everybody's mm. mind. It really is. And I think you're spot yeah. on. I don't know, I don't know what was going on in Frio's mindset last week, but when I saw Sean Darcy go to the goal square first and Jackson into the rock, even my mate, because my intel was sitting right next to it, even he was like, what's going on? What's going on? And it wasn't until they actually played with some urgency in the last quarter that you realize, and I've been a big advocate for Tabernar as a football player. He was horrendous, horrendous. I don't think they can go top, hot, uh, top heavy there anymore. I reckon when five comes back in, they have to go, um, they just put Jackson in the square with Darcy in the ruck, and they go like either a giant miss with Nat Fife or even a Sam Sturt needs to possibly come into that team. But I think you're right. The one thing to talk about the most today, though, is Sean Darcy is going straight back into that ruck. They're going to work on their center clearances and getting that ball forward quickly, and that's when they play their best brand of footy. So I can see why people are doing it. They're playing the points game and fixing their rucks. And look, Tim English is sitting there on on the page there, and I'm pretty sure... Um, Jared Witts wouldn't be too far off that list either with people moving for Sean Darcy for either English or Witts and keeping Marshall in their team. So they're just going the numbers game. But, and Sam, Do- Sam Doherty yeah, he, as well. Like again, Sam I reckon they've obviously so well gone – have, have they gone Doherty for Dacos? I don't know. I don't know. Surely you pick it? someone else in your back line. Surely you, I'm big on you pick your number one and your number one stays. Yeah. Unless some tragedy happens, you pick your number one for a reason. And Sam mm-hmm. Duckett, Sam Doherty is a DPP. He, Sam Doherty is a D1 every day of the week. Um, yeah, I think you've got to be careful. Unless people stacked him and just kind of went the Dawson-Doherty combo and now they're pretty happy with the Dawson-Dacos, um, I still think you've got to be careful doing the sideways move too early. For sure. For sure. But we move on. We move on. Couple, couple to go. So I've broken this down into two big slides, mate. Um, this one is kind of really nutting into the – I've caught it – the squeeze in and the squeeze out, thanks to our sponsors at the Standard Squeeze. I've been a little bit ill, so I, normally I would be having a couple of shots right now through my Standard Squeeze product. But, mate, this product has been unreal. Uh, big shout-out to the Standard Squeeze. They've been giving some giveaway packs. They've given packs to the crew not only on our show, but obviously the NRL boys and the NBA boys as well. We really appreciate it. I've already know that I've seen a few people see me using it. We've sent them to use our code, the Molten 15 code. Um, Mate, I'm for 15% off the products. I'm all over it. Um, Have you been, I'm assuming you've been using it, enjoying it? Flat out. Love it. I've 
so personally being uh, a good friend of the person that owns the company, he's um yeah, he sold it to me years ago and it's it's just a, a good long-standing product that you get so much use out of. So I've got one in the car that I had my coffee in on the way to work today and I've got one now with my stubby after work talking footy with the lads. So mm. What more could you yeah, want? to make it to make to make it very clear to those that are that are listening on the podcast. So this is yes, you can use the the plastic bottle, which is for squeezing your spirits and getting that perfect, you know, thirty mils, that one shot into the chamber and being able to pour it out, rather than using you know your fiddly shot glass. But what Mick is referring to with his coffee is their four in one cup that they do as well, which is your hot, cold, your stubby holder, and then just using it as a cup as well. So, no, he wasn't having a bourbon in his car. He was enjoying a nice coffee, which stayed nice and hot in his four-in-one cup, thanks to the That's standard right. squeeze, which is which is what they sell, guys. So, jump on, use the Molten 15 code, massive shout-out, support those who support us. But, so I've decided to call this one the squeeze-in and the squeeze-out. So, in a perfect nutshell, my squeeze-ins are... Set a field with an average of 123 and a break even of minus 49 is a no-brainer if you can squeeze him in. Mm-hmm. Nick Dacos, average 139, break even seven. LDU, average of 149 with a break even of 18. I put Luke Ryan in here. Now, don't all jump down my throat. There's another slide to come that's got Brennan Cox in it. I just went with someone that was a little bit more proven. And if you have the cash, I always like that one that's a bit proven. If you don't have as much cash, then Brennan Cox is the other option. Tom Green and Canelio, after watching them play closely, they hunt the footy and every one of their plays involves those two. They play very differently though. They look to tap to Tom Green. They look to backhand ball a release to Canelio. But Canelio is also a tackling machine. And I actually think he'll benefit from Josh Kelly coming back because he started to get a bit tired as the game went on. And I actually think when he scored 52 in that first quarter – that's when he had all his energy to tackle on top of getting the ball. So I'm big on the two of them being in the team, and I have no problem if I could fit both in, I would. I've got Cornelio at the moment. I don't think I'm able to get Tom Green just yet. And for me, Tim English, he's just playing ripper football. And, and again, with an average of 137 and a break even of 56, for me, he's a no-brainer if you can uh-huh. squeeze him in. Now... Squeeze out. I know we've talked about it, but I still put Darcy there. I don't. I understand why people might do it. Personally, I might not do it, but I can see why he's there. He's averaging 69 with a break even of 182. You can squeeze him out and make the move, or maybe you play the numbers game and actually stay strong with who you picked in that R1 spot and back his games in, especially, as you said, against West Coast next week. Tanner Bruins got to go. 52 with a break even of 73. Ben Long with an average of 57 and a break-even of 88. Sam Draper, now I'm pretty sure he was up around 15 to 16% of ownership going to round one. I don't know where that's sitting at now, but we told you to steer clear of him with an average of 67 and a break-even of 93. He's just not super coach relevant just yet. Um, Cummings with an average of 81 now has a break-even of 133. As we said, just not playing the role that he was before. Bailey Smith was one I've thrown in this list. Now, people haven't really been talking about him. Bailey Smith's only averaging 82 at the moment with a break even at 145. Now, he's currently only a mid. To me, squeeze out. There's other options at that price right now to make the move if you went with the Bailey Smith. Um, and I must admit, I was tossing up between a Bailey Smith or a, a Liberatore, and lucky I went with Liberatore scoring a little bit more, a little bit better. And then the obvious ones there, still Gorn and Stewart, they're all injured. Anything on there jump out at you, mate? 
No, I think we've covered them all off in the previous slides, mate. We're right to move on. And this is the big one. Uh, massive slide. Uh, I'll try and make this slide and maybe I'll just throw to you as you're sort of having a quick look through. This is a slide to anyone who's watching. You can see it. I've gone with squeeze watch, other notables. Now, most likely on the left, I took away the squeeze out and squeeze in because I'm not telling you to do it on either side. But obviously the negatives are on the left and the positives are on, uh, sorry, the positives are on the left and the negatives are on the right. Um, players to watch. Now, I've broken them up in defensive, mids, rucks, and forwards. Guys that are listening along on the podcast will sort of talk through it a little bit because there's actually some surprising names that I found who are actually scoring quite well with some very good break-evens for their prices as well. So I might sort of mention some of them really quickly and then you can give me your thoughts. So if I start mm-hmm. with the surprising players, because a lot on the, the negative side are actually primos who are underperforming, but we're going to start mm-hmm. with some of the surprise packages. So we've talked about Cox enough. Jeremy McGovern's at a 112 with a break-even of 50. Adam Saad is at a 111 with a break-even of 94. Now, what I like about Adam Saad and why I put him in there, I think he scored a 110 and a 112 to have an average of 111. I really like him showing his consistency. That's consistency, yeah. Yeah, consistency. And Redmond as well is averaging 114 with a break-even of 62. What are your thoughts about my surprise sort of defenders as squeeze-watchables? Yeah, love it. Because I, well, in a previous podcast, Redmond was the second of the three Essendon players that we brought up. So I'm glad that he's getting a mention here. Um, Saad, I wish I had stuck with him, but I didn't because yeah. I, I went with Rockety instead. Uh, Jeremy McGovern's an interesting one. Personally, I won't touch him because you just you don't know with him. But he's scoring well, and it's. It's him and Tom Barras. Is that his name at West Coast? Yeah, yeah. The, yep. the intercept markers there, but Barras really yep. wasn't that good on the weekend. So, yeah, yeah I reckon Barras always, Barras always takes the number one forward. So, Barras does intercept mark well, but he's still that he takes the forward. He locks them down so McGovern can float across. Absolutely. Mm. Um, um, mid, yeah, mids. yeah mid, midfield is there. So we've talked about Dugowie before, but just to give you stats, he's on, he's on 107, but he had a dropped-off game this week uh, with a break-even of 52. Interesting one, uh, Mason Wood. He's averaging 107, and both his games have been pretty much the exact same as well. So I think he was like a 109 and a 106. Again, consistent. So it's not like he just had one huge game. So he's got a break-even of a nine. That one really surprised me, sort of just came out of nowhere for me. Um, Hopper's been talked about a lot. He's the only one on my list that is actually averaging under 100. He's averaging 93, but he's got a great break in him in two, although he's out for the week. So he's maybe possibly. So watch this space. I had to put this guy in there. He's the guy that he's, he's um, he just he just gets younger and younger, even though he gets older and older. Uh, Scott Pendlebury averaging 124 with a break even of 46. He's just keeps on keeping on and big shout out to him. The non-talked about Dacos, Josh Dacos, he's averaging 103. And I think actually both his scores have been around the same as well. So both over 100 with a break even of 38. Matty Rouse back up and about. You talked about him last week on the episode. He's still on an average of 107 with a break even of 62. And Tom Mitchell, someone who talked about a lot, whether we didn't know what role he was going to do, he's averaging 116 with a break even of 69. So... I know Collingwood have been up and about for two weeks and is that inflating their numbers? But a lot of Collingwood boys scoring high. What's your thoughts on the mids, mate? Yeah, Collingwood are playing really well at the moment, aren't they? So 
when you're playing well and you're winning by 10 goals, you're going to have a lot of people that score well, which is, again, will reinforce you pick players from good sides. One that surprises me there is Mason Wood. That's great mm. to see him actually getting some consistent time because when he was at North Melbourne, he'd pull out the occasional game where you're like, wow, this man can play. But he was injured a lot and he was in and out of the team. And it's almost like he's found a home in the back line at St Kilda now. I just hope when the injuries subside and they've got a full list to pick from, they continue with his role because he is doing a really good job. So is uh, he every and- chance of a DPP then? I think so. Yeah. What is he now? Forward at the moment? No, mid. Mid. He's a mid. Oh, mm. so he'll be a mid defender, 100%. I'm sure he's a mid. If anybody hears this episode and I got it wrong, let me know. But I'm, I'm pretty yeah. sure I saw him as a mid. But if I got him wrong, yeah. that's where I put him. Yeah. Uh, if you don't have Hopper and he's out this week, you could potentially save yourself a trade for next week if someone gets yep. hurt. If you're yep. going to make he was going to He was going to come in for me this week, but I, I was going to downgrade possibly Liberatore just because of the price change. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I'm going to save that now. Yep, Pendlebury, they're going to rest him throughout the year. I still wouldn't touch him. Okay. Uh, Josh Dacos is an interesting one. He's only about 440K, is he, as a yeah. midfielder? Yep. And he, he's getting a lot of the ball. Um, you could definitely do worse. And it's good to see Matty Rao back up there. Like He's, he's just he that ranger that you love, love to see yeah. play footy and play it well. And some of his defensive work last week against Essendon um, was really, really good. Like He was doing chase down 80, 100-metre runs just to create a 50-50 contest. I just love the way he goes about it. And Tommy Mitchell, he's the pig, isn't he? Like, he just knows how to score points. So average of 116, that doesn't surprise me. For people that have him, he's potentially a keeper for the year. Yeah, I was just having a quick look. Um, yeah, Woods Woods a mid, so maybe look there for him go. for a bit of DPP. It might be an interesting one to DPP, if, he, yeah. if he does move. Um, I'll put the rucks and forwards together. So uh, Wits is averaging 124 with an average of 98. I talked a lot about him at the start of the season. He's doing what I thought he would. Um, Darcy Cameron is averaging 120 with a break even of 24. And obviously he can be a ruck forward, um, which is an interesting choice. Um, Zebel, we've already talked about. Toby Green's actually averaging 101 with a break even of 38. And uh, Errol Goulden has stepped up as well, averaging 111 with a break-even of 46. I'm very wary of teams who have played Hawthorne, though. That's all they'll say. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm actually – I'm bringing in Darcy Cameron this week because of the ruck forward option. So he'll be sitting in my forward line. Who's he taking? What's that, sorry? Is he taking Bruins' spot? Uh, Yes, he is. Yes. Mm. Yep, Mm. I had a bit of cash left over there, so – uh, he'll be coming in. I'm I'm looking at burning the three trades this week. I went with two last week, but yep. I'm looking to do a boost this week just to try and maximise what I can out of my team. Uh, with your forwards there, Zebul is a good option. Hopefully Hall doesn't mess that up on him. Toby Green, especially when he plays mid, he always scores well. Um, I haven't seen too much of the GWS games though, so that's something I'll have to do over the next couple of days. And Goulden... I don't mind shouting out when I'm wrong as well, and I was wrong about this bloke. They do look to get the ball in his hands. Like we do say a lot of stuff that's that's right and spot on, but there's sometimes where we may overlook things or we may get it wrong. And with Goulden, it looks as though he's that point of difference for Sydney where they look to get the ball in his hands going forward a lot. So, yeah, he's definitely one to look to get in. 
Mate, when you do a podcast, you're going to get some right. You're going to get some wrong. I challenge mm. anyone to show me that they've got nine out of nine tips every week with every single multi coming in that they've made a bet. So, That's mate, right. there's been plenty of good content. Um, and, mm. look, we're going to make many more mistakes along the journey. But sure. all we can do is give information. So the other side of the, the spectrum, now this is really interesting, and we knew this happened. If primos don't score big early, they're obviously going to underperform when it comes to their break even. So just a shout out to a few that are sitting there. Um, there is quite a few. So mm. in the defense, you've got Dawson who's averaging 104. It still has a break even this week of 135. Now, I'm not saying squeeze him out, leave him in, but I'm just putting there on the watch list. Uh, Dale's one I would say squeeze out, averaging 70 with a break even of 179. Doherty at 91 with a break-even of 161. Now, that's why people are looking to move. They're just worried about the massive price drop that he might have. That said, he's the kind of player that could come out and score 142 and probably wouldn't drop that much anyway. Um, Laird averaging 99, break-even of 202. Neal's at 98 with 188. Petrarca, sadly, is at 97 with a 157 break-even. McRae is only averaging 97 at the moment. Andy Brayshaw only averaging 88. Libbers a 103 with a 122, and Crippers is a 110 with a 127. I'll probably leave both of them. Mm-hmm. Now, Grundy's a really interesting point here. Grundy's at 72 with a break even on 148. But I would have a feeling that a lot of people might be looking to bring him in. Do you bring him in this week if you think he's going to start to explode, or do you let his price drop and bring him in a week later? Yeah, I'm bringing him in later. He, um, he didn't feel me full of confidence. Oscar McInerney smashed him last weekend. And I wouldn't consider McInerney one of the top five ruckmen in the competition. So you want to see some form from Grundy first. It's an interesting one. Mate. I got like I'm not going to do it because I'm sitting there with I've got English and, and Marshall, so I'm not going to make that mm. change. But you've got the sort of Dwayne Domenico sort of in your head going, you know what? I made that call a week or two before everybody, and he exploded. So. I think there's a few people out there that might go, does Grundy explode now? And I get the two weeks of him before everybody else did. But you're right. Unless you're really looking to make a change, I don't think you have to rush to it. Um, And the forwards, and there's quite a few here. We talk about the things we got wrong, and there's quite a few here that we got right. And all four of these we got right, mate. Himmelberg averaging 46 with a break-even of 191. Heaney is the other one we spoke about. He's only averaging 74 with a break-even of 168. Dusty's only averaging 76. And Fife got that 26 in his one game. So we got those four right. We definitely told people to steer clear of most of those four. Fife was one we yep. said not sure on the roll, but we both didn't pick him. Yep. Uh, we also said something about Jack McRae, remember? We did. Yeah. Yep. So Jack McRae attended 8% of centre bounces last weekend. They're trying to play more as a forward and they're looking to increase their speed through the midfield. They are... Really slow when you're talking about your Bontempelli's, your Liberatore's, Bailey Smith, these sorts of players. They need some outside run. Like Smith gives them that, but they don't have much else. So this is why they're looking to inject some more speed into the the mids, which unfortunately, McRae at 29 probably leaves him to be more of that floating half forward, which is why we see his scores down a bit at the moment. Uh, Brayshaw, he's going to bounce back. Yeah, he might drop, but... As soon as he hits that bottom low price, I'll be bringing him in straight away. Is Luke Beveridge in trouble? I think he might be. Yep. There's not much that's been said in the media at the moment uh, in Victoria here about his performances yet. And he's quite strong in the way that he speaks. But for me and what they expect from their playing list, 
as to what they've put out, it's been pretty ordinary. So I reckon the acid's on a little bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, over here, what we've heard in WA, well, I've actually probably just seen more Bulldogs fans sort of coming out and just being like, we're a little bit over the tactics. We're a little bit over him trying to be a little bit too different with what he's trying to do is what I'm hearing. But um, mm-hmm. that list, that list should be performing better than they are, much better than they are. It's a good list. Um, so, mate, that's the research we've put together for everybody. Um, we'll pop a lot more photos up on Twitter. We'll pull some of those slides out and make sure people mm-hmm. can see sort of what we're doing. Um, I'm not sure of my schedule tomorrow with work, but I know that we're going to record another one. If I'm not in it, we are bringing along one of our mates who has yes. been chomping at the bit to get on the podcast because he said, he respect been. on my name, I'm sitting top three at the moment in the top 1%. And we have a lot of respect for those people that go and get those scores. I reckon yep. he's going to play it a little bit sheepish tomorrow and he better not. He better not hide behind, oh, I'll probably drop no. off. No, no, no he hasn't strong. because... No, he's he's sent me, he's given me his email, he's given me the picture of his team. He Beautiful. knows what he wants to do. He's quite confident what he's doing. Looking forward to having him on, to discussing what he's been doing with his side, what he projects to do with the players he's looking to bring in. Uh, and sitting in the top 1% of all Supercoach players in Australia, this will yeah. be something that the viewers, the subscribers, the people that play Supercoach will want to listen to because this – at the moment, is a proven player of the Supercoach who is doing really well and potentially could be right in it at the end of the year. No, he's a good man. He knows a lot about a lot of sports, so I'm really intrigued Mm. to see what he comes out with. I think the really interesting thing that I would love, if I'm not there tomorrow, that I'd love for you to put to him is, as we said at the top of the show, the safe option was the right option this year. The safe players are the ones who have scored well. Now the challenge is a lot of people are starting to make a few moves towards those teams that have scored well. So what do those teams do to try and stay away? Are they sticking with their players? Who are they bringing in to make those changes? Um, Being careful of maybe getting rid of some primos, as we saw Doherty on that list of someone being traded out. I know Trent has Lockie Neal, and I think there's rumours that he may be moving Lockie Neal for possibly a set of field. So I'm very interested to see what that kind of mindset is. Um, to not just chase the numbers instead of sticking with, uh, you know, a little bit of history of where they are. But they've gone yeah. into us a few times, mate, that we talk too much about the numbers and not go with our heart enough. Yeah, I, love but, it. Uh, I love it. Yeah. I, I reckon it's great. I reckon they're great banter. They definitely rip into us a few times. Some of it's definitely warranted. But um, we look forward to bringing on our and our guests anytime that we can. We're going to always chase to get more players and different people to come on and have a chat. Um, there's only so mm-hmm. much of your and my voice that everyone can take, I'm sure. So, right. yeah. yeah. Any other final words from you, mate? No, no. Very happy with the way my team's starting to look now. Um, I wish I had five trades this week because I've got five <laughs> players I'd like to turn over, but I'm I'm using my three. I'm bringing in Darcy Cameron. I'm bringing in Nick Dacos, and I'm bringing in Will Setterfield this week. I genuinely wish I had four trades this week. Like it's, uh, there's sort of two, I'd love to bring in two rookies and I'd love to, uh, Nick Dacos is a lock, so he's a primo in my eyes and I'd love to bring in one sort of mid-price who I know is going to jump as well and have that little sort of someone out of the box. But so I'm kind of a little bit lost on my third pick. You've kind of nearly talked me out of not putting Chandler in. Um, So I'm going to have a really good look at it. The only guarantee for me at the moment is... Uh, Nick Dacos will come in for Bailey Dale will be the definite move. 
Um, and then I've got to sort of construct it a little bit from there. I am also trying to look a few weeks in advance of players that I feel could move um, into those forward slots or, or back slots as well. So I don't want to overburden or overfill one side. Um, yeah. I want to make sure that I've got a balance, balance improvement as I move through. But that's the fun of this week. And that's, that's why we're right. here to bring you guys content and have a chat about it and listen to it. I'll be jumping on Twitter. Make sure you hit us up on Twitter. Click subscribe. It's always a pleasure. This has been the Molten Fantasy Sports Podcast. Peace out. See ya. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 